0: In this episode of History Unloaded with Danny and Ashley, we're going to talk about something that really grinds our gears.
1: Is this a, is this a gripes episode?
0: Uh, well, we don't have Peter Griffin here, so I guess we can't really <laughs> go too yeah, deep if, into it. But yeah, it's kind of a gripes episode because what we're talking about is the fact that there are two murals inside the New Cody Firearms Museum that reflect the human side of firearms history and military history and you know what we've been called a lot of names because of it
1: yeah this is our this is our like therapy session for all the mean things people have said to us
0: yeah exactly
1: so before we dive into all the mean names our big long list uh we should probably describe the two murals so do you want to tackle the time one and then i'll do cost of war
0: yeah. So inside our evolution of firearms gallery, um, we had this big wall that's covering a fire exit. Okay. <laughs> and the big wall is not really like, you can't get far enough away from it to really put too much on it um, because of where the essential timeline's located. And so we really just needed something very visually appealing. And then one day I was in the shower or I don't, the showers were all good ideas come, but I think I was sleeping and woke up. Um, I think I lied to you. But like, I was like, we should do uh, a mural of people affected by firearms. And that can be, you know, anything from, you know, professional athletes to, you know, some of the more sensitive topics to, um, you know, military uh, people, military people. (laughs) Um, But, you know, we we, we were going to do it throughout history. And the day that I had this revelation, Danny walked into my office with the Time magazine Magazine mural. Now, if you're not familiar with the Time Magazine mural in November 2018, on the cover of Time Magazine, there was this shrunken down mural that kind of folded out, you know, because it was so big, and it was 245 people represented against the uh, re- represented. Uh, represented equally across the firearms debate. So about half of the people are on the spectrum of being pro-gun and about half the people are on the spectrum of being uh, pro-gun control. So um, you know, Danny was like, this is really cool. And like I was familiar with the mural because a bunch of my friends were in it and they were really happy about it. So we reached out to one of our friends who was in the mural. Her name's Di Leidorf Muller. She's a professional three gunner and the founder of the DC project. And she was their kind of pro-gun spokesperson. They had a pro at Um, an anti-spokesperson for the mural when they opened it and launched it in New York. Um, And so I asked her if she could get us permission to use the mural because the purpose of it was to travel it to museums. And to my knowledge, it really hadn't gone many places. And so we reached out to both JR Project, who's the artist's office, and Time Magazine to say, hey, you know, this is who we are. We're reopening the museum. We would love to have it inside the museum. Um, And so they were like, oh, sure, which was great because I was a little worried that they'd be like, oh, gun Museum, you know, they're not going to really want something like this. So they said yes. We put up this huge mural, which is actually only half the size of the mural. And one facet of the mural, um, we've got the link there, we want to add a computer screen, is you can actually click on the person on your phone and hear their unedited story. And so this mural was something that, you know, it's got multiple layers to it. So when you first look at it, it looks... Um, like all the pro gun control people are on the left and all the pro gun people are on the right, except for the fact that that's not the case. When you start looking at it and really digesting it, like they're interspersed throughout. And it's really, it's really a powerful image if you take the time to look at it. And so we were like, this is great. Then it got nominated for an Emmy. So we were like, oh, we're Emmy nominated. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and so we were really excited about it because, you know, throughout the evolution of firearms gallery, we talk about the technology as well as the cultural impacts of firearms through multiple avenues, but we don't really talk a lot about people. So it was kind of a way for us to say, you know, here's the evolution of firearms over 800 years and here, we're, here is where we are today. And then we also wanted it because as an art installation, it's a moment where you can kind of step back and feel something in the museum, whether you love it or you hate it or, you know, it sparks discussion. And so we put it up at the opening and, you know, everyone seemed pretty stoked about it, actually. Like we did survey work of like, like um, heat mapping of like people in front of the mural and interviewed them. And for the most part, everyone thought it was really great. Uh, You know, you've got your, some people that don't pay attention to it, but for the most part, last year when we opened the museum, people thought it was great. Uh, (laughs) and then the other mural that we have in the museum is the cost of war mural, which I'll let Danny explain.
1: Yeah. So the other one, the other big one is, uh, we call it the cost of war mural and it is in our military history gallery and it has a video that plays with it. So there is a video that goes along with this. Um, the video sort of runs through statistics and details about both the human cost, you know, from like casualty figures in major, conflicts that you, the U.S. has been involved in to, you know, stuff like the financial uh, cost, talking a little bit about the home front. Um, and, you know, there's details in there, you know, about some some recent stuff and then just some sort of surprising statistics. Like there's one about um, the recent destruction of cultural artifacts um, in the Middle East by groups like ISIS. Uh, and then there's some about the um, the one that I tell people that I always found really fascinating was like the... Uh, the fact in there about how Germany didn't pay off its World War I loans until like 2011 or some crazy, you know, recent, you know, just a few years ago. Um, And so there's stuff like that in that video. Um, But then the mural that surrounds the video on this very large wall is an image or is several images, excuse me, of different scenes that sort of try and convey this idea that there is a human cost to you know, armed conflict. And so um, there's images, I think, from all the landing ships at like at, uh, D-Day to uh, Civil War hospital scenes, um, to just a few different things. And then one of the images is um, we specifically chose Heart Mountain to be a, a centerpiece. And if you're not familiar uh, with that site, Heart Mountain was one of the sites of Japanese internment during World War II uh in the us it's just down the road from the museum it's over towards pow wyoming which is uh, not that far from us so we thought this is an important site if we're talking about the cost of war including everything from you know the human loss of life to the toll on things like you know a little bit more abstract um that debate about you know civil liberties and that sort of thing uh and given its proximity um you know it was important for us to include Um, and that was really well received again at the opening. That was, that was one that was really well received. Um, we had a lot of people appreciate that we included that. Um, and these are both part of a larger sort of push that we made with the renovation to include these cultural pieces that speak to, um, you know, this wider history of firearms, you know, while the firearm itself is interesting for many reasons, there's also all these stories behind them. So, um, both of these are part of it. and there's other things in the gallery and I think arguably maybe there was um, Maybe for the Time magazine one, you know not to jump into like a critique of these too quickly, but that one If I could say like thinking back if we had a different spot for it like that spot is a little bit weird Um, I
0: would have preferred um, if we could, so like across the back of our evolution of firearms, the big wall where we've got five comprehensive timelines of firearms in legislation and firearms in defense and firearms in misuse. If that could have gone over to the wall, like if you could have stepped back far enough and gone over to that wall by the fire door like early on, and then the mural had been the back wall, I think it would have been a better location for it.
1: But nobody's yelled at us really for the location. I'm just trying to think why it's triggering to make a pun um, like now. But there's I know why it's
0: triggering now, Danny. You know why it's triggering. Yeah, but I'm
1: trying to think why it was jarring for some people. Because we, you know, this goes into the larger question too of like, we try to think about like what people. Because we always knew people are going to be upset that we're changing the CFM. It's just, it's too big. It's too iconic. It's too, like, too many people have been there for us to not upset somebody when they see the new one. And so we thought, oh, well, we're not doing, you know, we're I disagree
0: doing- because that museum, as much as people loved it because of all of the guns, I like, I, like, obviously there's yeah. going to be some farts, but like, yeah, so I said yeah. it. I called them farts. I don't run the museum anymore. Uh, they don't like it, but I mean, like, it is such like even if you don't like the cultural elements I mean it is like right. objectively it's... and I'm going to use objectively even though that word you know in academia is like taboo but like it's better than the last museum there are more right. guns on display more there are They're more better lit. There's better lit yeah I mean so like those people are just finding a reason to bitch because the last museum, like everyone thought, was amazing just because of quantity. Not they weren't actually looking at the casework and the fact that everything was falling apart, <laughs> you know. Right. And so right. I would like to say that everyone should think it's better, even if you don't like the cultural uh, implications that we put, you know, strategically throughout the museum. And one of the things as well um, is that. Those murals serve to tie everything kind of together, you know, and remind you about human because you know, one of the zings we got in the Wall Street Journal, really the only zing we got in the Wall Street Journal was, you know, oh, well, they could have focused more on human stories. And Danny and I have talked about this and it is something we'd like to see more in the CFM, but it's like, where do you even start? Because you've got 800 years of human stories and how do you curate that? You know, mm-hmm. so people are feeling represented, um, act you're accurately representing them throughout history. You know, it's like without falling into like tokenism, you know, <laughs> it's just really really hard and so those murals do serve as kind of a a tying together of the reminder that this is yeah you might like the technical but this is human as well
1: right and so and I, i i totally agree with you that like this is objectively you know from a museum interpretive standpoint from showing these things off i find it hard to see where people are coming from that don't think it's better but at the same time, we did try and think about, like, what would be the criticisms. And I think we both realized that this Time Magazine thing, like, we were going to do it and we were probably going to get a little bit of heat for it. Be, just because, you know, no no firearms museum that I'm re- aware of had really pushed that button before. Um, yeah.
0: And as well, I mean, we knew that because I went and got permission from the CEO of the center. Um, right. You know. It was it was something that if we decided to do it because it is an emotional thing um, and it is bringing in the current debate, um, you know, we wanted buy in all the way up to the top and not just, you know, Ashley's the project director and she decided this rogue, <laughs> you know.
1: But so when you let off with this with this um, podcast, you sort of mentioned how. Or as in your description of the Time Magazine one, you mentioned that how when it opened um, people were really by and large on board with it. And we did get a few. We got a few people yeah. that didn't like the thing, but it wasn't it wasn't quite to the same level that it's been when uh, that it's been recently. So it I opened. Know why it's
0: triggering. What you said about being triggering and the other thing that we're going right, to talk right, right. about. But I, I, I think I know why. And, it, it, and it's because I said um, about it, I wish the image were flipped. So on the left side, when you're looking at the mirror on the left side, there's a lot of signage that says, you know, um, ban assault weapons. And, you know, I don't know, lots of those you know, types of signs. So when you're walking through our gallery, if you're walking on that side, the first thing you're bombarded with is all of the pro-gun control rhetoric. Right. It's the first thing you see. And so you don't, you know, and then the pro gun people didn't really use signage. You know, they had their guns in a lot of the shots. And so I think that for some people who are walking that side of the timeline, you know, the first thing they encounter is all of this pro-gun control rhetoric. And if you're a pro-gun person wanting to go into the museum that doesn't necessarily want to talk about that kind of stuff, that is very jarring to the senses. Because I I think I said, I wish the image were flopped because I think yeah. that some people, because because people are impacted by the first thing they see. And if they're offended by the first thing they see, they don't tend to look deeper.
1: And I do think as well that there is a little bit of a... There's a subtle thing going on too. You mentioned it that a lot of the pro-gun control people are using signs, and we we've joked around about this before that what we learned with this mural is that pro-gun control people like their slogans on signs that they can hold, and pro-gun people like their slogans on T-shirts they can wear. Um, so it's one of those things like it's it's a little bit more subtle what it's done on a shirt when there's like a person like holding a sign. I think that maybe contributes to like what people take away from the image. And I think you're right. People going down the timeline gallery because it's a left to right image and that gallery is going left to right. Like that's what they come across. And so that's the first reaction. But again, the reactions have gotten stronger this year, even with somewhat less visitors in the galleries, Um, you know, the, the reactions have been stronger this year. Uh, And I think that's just because of the way that the political debate has changed over the last 12 months versus
0: specifically,
1: right? And specifically the perception of Black Lives Matter as an organization, because in the mural, I believe it's I want to say three people, I could be wrong on this, but um, at least I know a couple- there's a
0: sign. There's two groups of people. Right. Just in general. They're not big groups, but like two areas that represent Black Lives Matter.
1: So out of the 245 people depicted, there are a few people that are like directly, some of them are sort of, you know, implicitly supporting gun control, depending on the slogan that they're showing or displaying or whatever. Um, but then a few people are. Sort
0: <laughs> you just got so quiet. I shook my head. Sorry. You shook, um. you shook
1: your head at me, and I was like, "I don't know. I must. She must disagree."
0: I, um, I disagree, but keep going.
1: <laughs> well, there's some people that just sort of you assume they're not really necessarily showing a slogan, but you kind of assume that that person, de- depending on how they're depicted, are supporting. They're
0: holding. They're holding a sign that says "Black Lives Matter," but they don't have firearms in their possession.
1: Well, and yeah, then there are a few people that are explicitly supporting. The slogan or the group, it's never really said, but they're wearing a Black Lives Matter t-shirt or holding a sign that says that. And so people... And also holding
0: firearms. What's that? So the two groups, the one is Black Lives Matter. um, It's like two or three people. It's like two people. They're holding a Black Lives Matter sign. And then on another part of the mural, there's people wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt holding ARs.
1: Yeah. Well, and then, of course, Maj is depicted in the mural holding... A, a firearm and wearing a black guns matter t-shirt. Yeah. Um so anyways, they're depicted in there and you know, when we opened this you know, the organization has existed for several years now. So the, obviously the organization was around. But the the attention wasn't the same in 2018 or excuse me, in 2019 versus 2020. Obviously yeah you know, the um everything that's going on this year has highlighted people's focus on the organization, especially conservative media has really sought to um talk about the organization versus the slogan. And I think before this year, a lot of people supported the slogan without necessarily thinking at all about the organization. And so we've gotten people like screaming mad at us over the fact that we have those slogans anywhere at all in the museum.
0: They, they call it now a Black Lives Matter mural. Yeah, so which, they
1: dismiss the whole mural as a anti-gun Black Lives Matter mural.
0: Even though some of the Black Lives Matter people are holding firearms. Right. Um, you know, and what I made a post about this on my personal social media did not cause an issue with the Cody Firearms Museum and just talking about how proud I was to have the mural because of its significance. What irritates me, I think, the most of the people that just call it, like write it off as a Black Lives Matter mural is that by writing it, off as a Black Lives Matter, and not even just that, but like an anti-gun mural, you're totally erasing the over a hundred people <laughs> represented in the mural who are pro-gun. You know, And so this is a mural that all, pretty much all pro-gun people felt was a true accurate depiction of who they were um, and who they are. As People and even the NRA who declined to participate who really never likes anything, you know They even came out with an article called about time uh, You know a play on the you know time magazine mural and really supported, you know the Balanced effort that was taken um, by time magazine as well as JR project to truly depict the debate, you know as it stands, and not you know make a judgment on it, and so you know it's it's frustrating to me because people who have called us names, uh, including Bolshevik <laughs> sorry, I was getting uh, there I was getting have, to it uh, people who have called and poop uh, people who have called us names, really you, Danny, have called yeah. you <laughs> you names because I step back as character, but people who have called us names, um, you know those people purport to be pro gun people, and they just are erased like their entire community that's represented in it because they were mad about one sign. And that irks me to no avail because how can you, well, two things. One, if you're pro-gun and you're pro the Second Amendment, then you should be for all types of responsible gun ownership, no matter who's holding the firearm. And two, um, I forgot to. Uh-
1: <laughs> well, I was going to say, you hit. You just hit the point and you, you got near it earlier too is that people are assuming that it is incongruous to have that slogan on a t-shirt and also and like and be pro-gun like those can coexist you can be pro-black lives matter that slogan and also um you know be pro-gun rights like that is yeah i think one of the more popular critiques of gun control right now is that it as a history is pretty racist if you look at some of the roots and some of the laws that were passed were nearly explicitly racist when they could be. Um,
0: you mean like when the colonies literally banned uh, free African-Americans from owning right. firearms? I was thinking of more and,
1: recent history where they had oh. to sort of like talk around what they were trying to accomplish. And we're going, we're planning an episode. Oh, oh you're
0: talking about the Mulford Act? You're talking, yeah,
1: yeah. You talking, talking
0: about, talking about, about
1: the Act? <laughs> so, yeah, but those the- don't
0: explicitly say it. But early laws in the in, right. in the colonies and in the United States, like you could be sentenced to death in the colonies for selling firearms to Native peoples, you know. And 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 you know, on the reservation, you know, early on, firearms were confiscated from Native peoples, and a lot of the you know the the Wounded Knee massacre was right after a firearms confiscation. And so, you know, there is this truth to discrimination against um not just one type of people but multiple groups of peoples from owning firearms throughout history. And so go ahead. Sorry.
1: Well and I was just going I'm say, real
0: fired up apparently. Yeah
1: yeah. <laughs> well and and so what what's really unfortunate is that people are dismissing the slogan for the group because the the organization it's oh <laughs>
0: I'm cyber, sorry, I'm cyber petting Camila's dog, Wes. Go we ahead. Have
1: a, we have a, a moment of uh, levity to interrupt our serious topic because Wes has appeared on screen. Yes, Wes is on screen. He is waiting in his position of uh, wanting to be played with and go out on a walk. He is. My dog is sleeping the, at my
0: feet. <laughs>
1: he is adorable. Um, okay, continue. Anyways, to continue. So... People, what's really frustrating about this is that people that are ostensibly are claiming to be pro-gun are being really dismissive of people that very well could be pro-gun um, that just because they're a slogan and because that slogan's on a shirt because this year, especially, people have assumed that this slogan and the group are the same where that was sort of separate before, as I mentioned. And the group itself, um, because of some of their stances, which have, I think, they're, they took a bunch of stuff off their website, as I understand it, but because their stances got highlighted, um, you know, people really started to attack the group. And then they just sort of jumped and assumed that we were endorsing the group by having the mural, by having anything at all up there. They just said, accused us of endorsing the group. And really what I've been telling people is I'm not endorsing any viewpoint of that mural. Like the museum is not endorsing any viewpoint of that mural. What the museum is doing is saying, there's a lot of viewpoints out there it's not it's not strictly pro strictly anti there's a there's an entire spectrum of beliefs about firearms and in 2020 like that spectrum is probably wider than it's ever been and if we don't recognize that as a museum then we're ignoring a big chunk of firearms history um,
0: exactly and and that's i'm glad you said that because you know in this conversation we're not endorsing any one side we're just kind of laying it out that you know, you can have it present and not have it be an endorsement You know, it's just a it's just a statement on reality um, and, and we we've been talking for a while. So in our last few minutes though, what we've also seen is kind of a ripple effect of uh, You know people having animosity towards the first mural they encounter if they go through the evolution of firearms and then now having an issue with our mural in the Civil War or Civil War gallery in the military history gallery, yeah. which didn't get like any you know where the one mural got some flack first year you know that mural is very powerful in the military history gallery and now even the same people that are mad about the the mural calling it a blm mural they're now you know also attacking our civil war mural so to these people they want humanity you know humans eliminated i guess from the entire thing
1: yeah i was told explicitly that guns have nothing to do with firearms history or, excuse military me. Military history. Guns have nothing to do with military history. <laughs>
0: uh, you know, and, and and unfortunately, and I, you know, one of the critiques has been, and and I'm not calling any specific person out because I've heard it from multiple people as well, has been the Heart Mountain. Right. Uh, the Heart Mountain image. And I'm pretty sure, Dini, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, isn't the, like, iconic image of the woman putting the flower in the end of the gun, isn't that in that mural?
1: I don't think it is. I don't. Oh, I thought it was because that one I, one I could see, there.
0: you know, causing some controversy with like Vietnam and any and yeah. all of that. But it's really not. It's it's not been the things that you would expect. You know, the controversies with Vietnam. You know, in, in American history. You know, it's weird things that you don't even expect that you know apparently grind people's gears about us, right. um, and then also expose us to who we do and do not want to be friends with. Right. <laughs> in well, the future.
1: I think the time mural has become sort of this lightning rod. So I think initially it was a lightning rod for people that really didn't like that we were changing the CFM. At, like, they were, yeah. they were willing to accept no changes to the CFM. It was perfect as is. Exactly. Um, that became just a thing to add to their list of critiques. And that's sort of the kind of comments we got last year. Um, and this year, it's been this starting point for the critiques. And then they go, oh, by the way, Uh, you can't learn about guns in there anymore or, Oh, what is, what does this stuff have to do with military history? Why is that even in, you know, it's become sort of the starting point rather than the gathering point, if that makes sense.
0: Well, and it's gotten to the point where people are so angry about the murals. They claim there are no guns on display. Like, oh, there's so few guns on display. And it's like,
1: yeah, people are just making bizarre, bizarre claims about our institution now. Um, and, and you know, it's really weird because it's like this is just going to be me ranting now. But like one of the people that like seriously just shouted at me for 15 minutes before I hung up on him was just like, you know, you can't even learn about guns anymore in there. And you can't. And, and he was also the person that, you know, said, you know, um, firearms didn't have anything to do with military history. And it's just like, OK, if you put your blinders on and like just pretend to ignore that you would still learn some stuff about guns like there are still over 4000 guns on display like you can walk in there there's interpretive text you could ignore that and you could make it past it even if you strongly disagree with it um, but yeah then well, the I would is there's really more bizarre.
0: interpretation of firearms history there are more contextual panels oh, yeah. there's more Absolutely. information than there was in the last museum Um, you know, because we got criticized in the last museum for not having any historical context. And those people were pretty correct. Um, you know, there were big panels periodically, but there really wasn't like, you know, stuff throughout. It was kind of like you walked into the main gallery and here was a big panel about everything you were supposed to know in the gallery and maybe a few side panels. But like we had one panel (laughs) in the old museum. Did I, I don't know if you remember this, but like, so we had a colonial gun shop. And there was a panel and the panel spanned four, you know, pieces, like four sheets of paper, basically like four. It was one text panel that just was kind of broken up on four sheets of paper. I, I don't know why, but like, from the moment i came in nine and a half well actually ten and a half years ago when i first came to like when we tore down the museum one of the four panels was missing like it fell down there was a gap and nobody ever noticed that there was an entire page missing from the panel
1: <laughs> maybe we also we should probably plan an episode on like the history of interpretation like this would be way too nerdy like our we would bore our listeners to death but like I can go pull photos of the old museum. Like I wish people would give me the time when they're like yelling at me to be like, I'll be right back. I promise I'll go grab some photos. And like, I can hold up here's the Winchester arms museum in all of its different forms. Do you see any labels at all? Like not even like details about this is like, it doesn't even say wheel lock next to the gun, like just nothing. And like, so the, the old days that you wish we were representing, had really 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 nothing in terms of like what is this thing i'm looking
0: oh okay, yeah and we saved all of it it's yeah. sitting in my current emerita office um uh, so we can show you if you really want yeah. to know.
1: and but like people make these weird accusations of like you took a bunch of guns off just like like i said it just becomes this lightning rod for a bunch of other complaints um where people are like I, I can go prove them wrong. Like, I have all the archival and photographic evidence they could want to, like, say this is not how it is. But they get so mad about this thing that they just start leveling all these bizarre accusations at us. Um, yeah, so, maybe we should run down the list of names we've been called.
0: Okay. And the then episode. we have to wrap because I have another thing going on in three minutes. Oh, so. fancy. Oh, go, 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 Danny, go. All right. So,
1: <laughs> names I've been called. Nincompoop, my personal favorite. Um, socialist is that i mean that's just
0: oh i've gotten socialist
1: like everybody's got we've all gotten so come on <laughs> try a little we've harder we've all
0: been called people. socialists
1: uh anti-gun i've definitely been called anti-gun um i've, I've been,
0: been called,
1: called anti-gun yeah yeah i've been that was a few times liberal yeah liberal that one's that one's in the socialist category like come on try a little harder um
0: oh i was like uh liberals and socialists aren't necessarily the same thing Daniel. right
1: come on. also yeah i've been called marxist so like i've been and then the last the big one i've been called is The big B, uh, Bolshevik is the new one. Which, as
0: I was telling Danny before we recorded here, I had my husband was watching Sean Hannity while I was making dinner the other night, and I heard him call Bernie Sanders Bolshevik Bernie. And I literally like dropped everything I was doing, and I was like, that's why they called Danny a Bolshevik. You know, it's where they heard the word for the first time, you know? (laughs) And let's just
1: be clear like, in many definitions of these various, because people argue about what all these words mean. A lot of those things are not actually the same. So before you just like throw them all into a, a soup of insults, like think about what words mean, I guess is my point. Um, well, and,
0: you know, we've been really critical right now of the a, a small portion of the pro-gun community, but we've also gotten some nasty names from, from the yeah. pro-gun control community. I still have that like... Little note that was put in the draper that basically told me that, you know, we were evil and kids shouldn't be allowed in our museums. And then um, something really derogatory about what I should do to Hitler in hell. Yeah. Yes.
1: Hitler, Hitler's been invoked a few times. Um, we've also, so, you uh, know,
0: we've, get, you know, we're specifically talking to people who complained about the mural and to be honest, pro-gun control, people haven't complained about the mural. So wait, is that the problem, Danny? Is that, yeah, is that where we come? go? Well, and a lot of times I don't think a lot of people just even notice it, but yeah, I think a lot of people don't are coming in looking for a fight, looking for a problem. They were able to find it. And that's the moral of the story. And they, and they relish in telling us.
1: Well, and I think this, you know, people, the weird thing to me is that people, this thing's been up for like over a year. And if you're claiming to like really love the CFM and you're really upset that we like changed it and you didn't notice any issues for a whole year, like maybe, you know, I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe and you I think actually is, haven't been in that much like you claim you have.
0: <laughs> well, and maybe too. I'm going to finish on this because I just—if there are any of the people that have really hated on us listening—I um, would like to point out that that mural was never supposed to be a permanent installation. We were going to rotate it um, to do different murals that explain, kind of, you know, the human experience with firearms history. But guess what, people? <laughs> Every time you irrationally yell at us and call us names uh, for things that you don't, you know, actually pay attention to, it stays up longer. (laughs) So, like, we can't, like, we're to the point where we, like, Danny can't even change it because if he does, those people will be like, we won, even though we had always planned to take the mural down, but now we can't.
1: Right, you you backed us into this weird corner. (laughs) Well, and the other thing I will say from a slightly more, like, sincere point is... Obviously, we're invoking some strong emotions. So that means the mural's kind of doing its job. Exactly. Um, so it it's if we're provoking some thought, like here are other perspectives. That's really what we wanted the mural to do, is say, hey, here's a lot. And if it makes a few people, I'm willing to accept a couple of one-star reviews because we get a lot, a lot, a lot of five stars. So and
0: it's not just us.
1: <laughs> it's not just me and Ashley registering new emails constantly. <laughs> So that was a little bit braggy, but. So take that
0: Bolsheviks, you know. (laughs) You've backed yourself up into a corner because now we can't act even if we had planned, even though we had planned to act, you know, but this craziness has caused us to not really like, it should stay up longer now because clearly people need to learn something from it. Um, But yeah, so that's really just our, this is a total like just grinding a gears episode because it is just frustrating when you try your hardest to do something as objective, you know, as possible, um, when you've got such heated emotions involved across the spectrum and it's frustrating when the community that, you know, we shouldn't have to sell on a firearms museum turns on us as well.
1: Right. And, that's, you know, that's frustrating. Just, yeah, that's frustrating. And I think, um, oh, crap, I lost my train of thought.
0: Danny, you're doing the thing. You're dragging it.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm doing it again.
0: And Ashley and I have I guess to- I will try that. Yeah, we're busy Danny. You're just on vacation, chilling, eating sausage. Some of okay. Us have work Some today. of us have real business to attend to. You uh oh, uh, never mind. Brood. <laughs> All right guys, we hope you appreciated our little uh, tea session. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.
1: See ya.